Yeah. But maybe it helps for people who might listen to just hear your name and who, who, I don't know, who you tell people you are, like when you... When you go through customs or something at the airport and they ask you. <laughs> um. I think I, uh, I feel that in when I went to Sydney. But I probably put like student slash performer or student slash musician mm. or something. How long ago was that? Two years ago. Okay. I would have been there. Mm-hmm. I didn't see you. No. But I had shorter hair then, and okay. so you wouldn't recognize me. <laughs> um, what were you doing? What am I doing? In Sydney. I was visiting my friend. Okay. She lives there with uh, her husband and a little baby now. But the baby yeah. was in the belly. Okay. Or tummy. Then. And what are you doing now? Here. Okay, this is the exciting part. I, uh, I'm studying at the moment. I'm studying uh, or doing my minor studies in theater school, and the minor studies are about contemporary performance and contemporary performance art. Mm. And uh, it's like I'm doing it for this semester, like the whole semester. And uh, my main studies are in Helsinki University. I'm studying uh, theater research, which was my like like I told you on Sunday, uh, my like plan B when I tried to get in to the acting department in theater school. And then I, uh, it's always like funny to tell people like, like, what am I doing? Because then I realize how much I'm doing all the time, <laughs> like different things. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm working as a producer in the performing art collective called Reality Research Center. That's based in Helsinki. And uh, then I also am working as a musician and singer, uh, which is my like first profession. And um, then I'm also working as an actress. And being that busy, does it help you to run away from making art? Well, uh, I um, I released my first album wow. five years ago, and uh, I composed this uh, Finnish poet called Saima Harmaja. Then, um, and I produced the album myself, and um, it was kind of a huge uh, deal to me then because I was then was I twenty two or twenty three years old. And um, after that, we toured quite a lot in Finland with my band. And then I, I had really good like composing and doing music boogie at that mm -hmm. time. But then I also missed performing in theater. 
and I had had a quite a long break, like two or three years break from that at that point. And then I got a role in the city theater in North in 2014. And then like that jumping off from music to theater, it wasn't like that, like I stopped music right there, not at all, because that was also a musical, but uh, like, I like, uh, was tenderly flown, floating like towards the theater world. And then I, at some point I realized that I don't have much, uh, have that much time to music anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was really like into theater at that point. And then I started to applying to the school again and kind of like, <clears throat> started to like really believe that like I want to do to do this as my profession also and uh, now it's been four years and I've been working as an actress in several productions and uh, in a couple of movies and uh, then I also started the uh, university studies mm. and uh, working as a producer from uh, this January. And uh, now I'm like missing making music so much that I've been like, uh, in the beginning of this year, I woke up like, what? Like, I'm really, really missing doing music so much and I don't have time for that. So it's like constantly like negotiating with myself, like where should I concentrate? And then I get like, might get anxious about it. Like, uh, like, um, how do I say it? Say it. Um, like, where should I put my time for? And then, because the theater productions are always like two months there and two months there, and then it it's like 24 hours, 24 seven. Like, you cannot concentrate, or I cannot concentrate making music at the same time if I'm in the theater production. So it always like cut. So it's balancing between these and how to, get this music, uh, making, um, like staying there, bubbling under and it's staying, but I'm like, I'm kind of an, uh, is it anticipated person? Can I say that? I don't know. If I, like, but, uh, yeah, I think I'm kind of, I think that's the word. Um, like I would l love to things happen like straight when I want, like mm. right now. So it has been like maybe during these past past few years, like the 
what I need to learn as an artist, that things need time mm-hmm. in every level, kind of. And I'm, now I'm, I think I'm realizing it, that I don't need to be at somewhere right now. Like, to realize that this moment is also, like, really uh, precious and important. And even though it feels like struggling or even though it feels like I'm not, uh, like there's not something concrete uh, going on or there's uh, like uh, things doesn't seem so clear at, at this moment, for example, like it's important to think keep for example the writing going on all, all the time like not not to stop it and then even though it's not getting ready now it will get ready when i take the time and have the opportunity to take the time for it yeah yeah that was a long monologue <laughs> <laughs> hmm. i Well, you're saying a lot of things that I think as well and that I deal with as well, which is where do I put my energy and love and effort and time and and, uh, how do I not lose things by focusing on other things yeah um but then i guess i just end up not going very far yeah (laughs) in any direction yeah um and i wonder how you choose to how you make the decision to to go in a direction for at least a little while Well, in uh, for example, in theater. Yeah, it's, two years. Uh, right? What? For like the last three or four years. Yeah, like the last four years, doing the theater. Uh, like it's somehow. It's easier to set up the dates when there's a working group that sets the dates Mm. together. Mm. And um, it's harder to set up the dates for yourself, like kind of in your own practice. And... um, I think that's a question that I'm struggling with also. Like, really, how to make the decision where I'm putting my effort. Because also, like, I'm interested in so many things. If I could, like, or I've been, I think I've I've really believed and maybe I believe also in, I want to believe for a while at least that I can be an artist that includes like 
performer in theater or in, well, yeah, in theater or contemporary performances and a singer, musician. And with or like plus being an artist, I would love to be a researcher and writing about art, researching some philosophies or some like, like how some practices could help us to live in this world kind of because I really feel like art has this like it can uh, help us to think mm. and the being a, a producer it's like it's probably not my passion but I need some money and uh, I feel like it's kind of natural for me mm. to like uh, keep things in control <laughs> like I told you like can I be there 10 past <laughs> like I'm really accurate with time for example in that sense or keeping things in in my own hands like time wise and so but do you try to do the research in the art that you make? Yeah, but it doesn't feel so clear. It's like, it's, um, that's something probably where I'm, it's the direction where I want to go like doing the art and the research but I'm kind of like in the middle of finding my medium mm -hmm. like in which medium I want to work with at the moment and And also, like, I feel it's really important to have people around you to work with and uh, to have conversation conversations with and, like, really sharing the thoughts and the um, research with and like also in music and I think I'm in the like now I've I've probably found a person now who I want to do music with so I'm really looking forward for us to get it really going on mm. how do you find those people though and yeah 
because I've found, say for uh, this dance show that I wanted to make, I found somebody I thought it would be the best person to make it with, and then we mm. did. And we maybe worked for two or three years, but then kind of it was over. Mm. Well, I've had the same experience also. Like, I've found the perfect musicians to make the music with. But then I think the problem is, like, everyone, at least... Uh, in my experience, everyone is so busy. Mm. So it's... Uh, it's hard to... keep it going on. Or if... at least if there's no money included. Because we need... like, sad but true, but <laughs> we need it. <laughs> So, uh, like just just to live here uh, and uh, mm, for me it's in, important to like feel that I can be myself with the people who I'm working with and be honest and uh, like be sincere with, mm. with them while working and uh, but what I've what I've like kind of been thinking about like as for me it would be perfect to like see like for example once in a week or once in every other week to have it like going on all the time but my experience is that it's better to have like like this planned schedule In where intense intense where are we working when are we working yeah. is there money included or not and then like mm, like these intensive periods kind of because everyone is so busy and that's like I think that's that's sad, but it's it feels like it's true at the moment. So I'm. When you yeah. when you get together, when you finally get together, mm. how do you work? In my uh, in in the music, you mm. mean? Normally, I try to. I try to like have something ready before we meet. It doesn't need to be anything bigger than for example one sentence mm. of lyrics or one melody line or a harmony pattern or but something to start with and then it's like conversation after afterwards like through music or like playing around mm. with that and uh 
but for example, the record I made, I composed the tunes and then we um, produced them together with the band. Mm. But that's um, um, so many years ago, and now I've been mostly like uh, doing my music with uh, with my boyfriend, uh, who is a producer and a sound designer and a guitar player, maybe one of the best in Finland, <laughs> if I may say so. Uh, and uh, like, um, but it's hard to find the time since we're both both pretty busy to like plan the days like now we're working mm. and now we're just hanging out but it's like conversation and now I'm starting to work with the dramaturg dramaturg how do you say it doesn't matter yeah so uh, and we're uh, starting to write the text or mm. the lyrics together Wow. But we've met, met only uh, once, and we're meeting tomorrow again. So, but we're uh, trying to keep it like super open, and we want to like uh, when we um, or I would want to, and we talked about like making some kind of a research also around the text. Like, can you somehow? break the pattern of the like the western pop tune uh, pattern and go away from like that somehow mm -hmm. and it how to write together how to put like two yeah I was gonna ask yeah. that do many songwriters work with dramaturgs? Uh, in Finland, there's uh, like one of the bands I really um, admire. It's called Mina Javille Ahonen. Uh, there has been uh, this kind of collaboration also going on. That there's a playwright and a singer-songwriter, cool. and they're uh, writing the te text together. And for example, I've heard that Björk, mm. you know Björk, uh, she's also writing with this poet. So she's like uh, going through the emotions or um, around the subject that she she will write about, like just like f like floating writing, and then they're getting together with this poet and putting it into the form of song wow. text. So I'm really interested about this kind of collaboration because. Um, I really want to learn from people who have been uh, working with the text more than me. Yeah, and then I guess the the it, it, the conversation is about then working with the music. Yeah, and when you're trying to not do the Western pop tune. Yeah, do you feel like? you reach for an alternative, like uh, the kind of structure that a folk song would have or uh, a traditional song or or do you feel like 
um, you're trying to evolve what the pop structure is to the next level of what it could be. So I think when Missy Elliott came out, yeah, I don't think she uh, was reaching for an alternative, yeah. but I think she made the, the pop tune structure better. Yeah. Uh, and so I wonder which side it is on. Well, uh, maybe like my biggest idols in music, music are Björk, Joni Mitchell, Kate Bush, and uh, at the moment Frank Ocean is really great. And I think they've all done it, mm-hmm. like breaking the structure and like uh, stretching the mm-hmm. form and uh, and really it's still, like somehow it's still a song. It's still a song, yeah. and it's still music. Yeah, but it like. And it feels really honest, mm. and that's what I love about in their music. Music is that and what you're trying to keep for yourself? Yeah, and I've like always, I've always thought that for me, music that I will stay in the marginal and. I don't need to make money with my music in that sense that I would kind of sell my soul to the pop devil (laughs) (laughs) or the capitalistic music industry. But um, all the people that you mentioned, they did both. Yeah, they did both. But I think the music is still the first thing. Yes. Yeah. And, but also I'm writing in Finnish. So, in that sense, I probably won't even like. What about Sigaras? Well, yeah, they're yeah, amazing. Like, they're totally yeah. Made up, isn't it? Yeah. They're pretty famous. Yeah, that's true. That's true. This is the thing that I find working in dance is that there's no... I don't have to worry about winning. Yeah. It's like top of the pops because no one really knows about dancers anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Even when I do dance workshops, the choreographers who I was doing the workshops with would bill themselves by the singers that they had choreographed for. Yeah. And that's how you knew their status. Yeah. How do you keep how do you keep the truth in the like also yourself? Like where does your interests in research and how art can inform the research and then have this feedback loop to altering or not altering but at least being reflective onto community? Mm. So that we can see how we can do better at being a community. How does that all come into the music? Or does it just, is it just because it's who you are? So if you write sincerely. Well, I try to 
write as sincerely I can. But it's always like um, meditation has helped quite a lot. Mm. And I don't know if I reached that point that you were describing. But like being aware of your own thoughts or trying to be aware and trying to also be aware like where are your opinions and um, this drive to go somewhere like where are they coming from mm -hmm. like is this really what I think or th is this something I am assuming that the other people or artists around me mm. would like me like mm. me to think and am I like Is this uh, am I trying to convince somebody or is this really what I'm yeah like and it's one of those people that you're trying to convince yourself yeah, yeah. and you're trying to convince yourself as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> hmm Yeah. How does that follow over into acting? Because my understanding of singing and playing music and my understanding of dancing is that you are somehow just trying to physicalize, to make visible the actual like you're trying to come with mm. all the sincerity that you have um my understanding of acting and maybe because i'm not good at it is that you're putting something on like you put mm. on the costume and then you put on the character yeah and then it becomes the thing that you get to be behind in mm. your interaction with the audience i think to be really honest Um, that is, uh, like you're getting into the very point which have, um, probably caused me also my, like, this, uh, situation where I really don't know in which direction I'm going at the moment because, um, as a kid or a teenager, I would say, I would have said, or I said that I won't never act. That's not my thing at all. Like, I'm so fucking scared of it. 
like really scared of it. Um, but I was dreaming about it secretly also. Hmm. And at that, that point, like really uh, dreaming about acting in the acting, dancing and singing in a musical, like these classic musicals. Classic, yeah. Have you gotten to do that? Yeah. When I was 19, I did Anita's role in West Side Story Whoa. in the, in the city theater of my hometown in Oulu. And I've, I had never acted before. So that was a huge deal. And I loved it. But... I still find it really scary to kind of put the role on somehow. And it has been quite an interesting um, journey to trying to find out without the... Uh, mm, because I've never got gotten into this uh, acting department here. I studied one year acting and I've been working as an actress in several products, productions. Um, like trying to figure it out myself, kind of like where I am in the acting. Like for me, I really need like the safe structure mm. around me to get into the theater play. But now since like being like this great drama actor, for example, in uh, like doing this like really big roles in the traditional like Western theater con context, it has always felt a little bit like strange to me. And after like seeing more and more or working more and more in this contemporary performance or like this uh, more performance art collaborating or collapsing into theater works where I don't need to have so like big kind of a character role mm -hmm. I feel myself home there like being on the stage being still me but working with the rules of the piece and working with the aesthetics as a performance, which are practiced to the piece. And that's also like in dance practice, like you're... Yeah, you set up the structure and then yeah. you enter into it. Yeah. And you try and give yourself over to it. Yeah. And do you do much dance as well outside yeah. of musicals yeah 
you want to talk about that a little bit? Like we what, can talk what, about it. What it is and who you do it with and how. Uh, maybe my like the biggest productions I've been uh, performing with as a dancer. Like we talked about earlier when on the day we met, uh, it feels really hard to me like say that I'm a dancer or I'm an actor. I've, I'd rather say that I'm a performer in this like in theater field. It, it's probably also something like being insecure about saying like naming myself, but um, yeah the because the uh, productions I've been in they are not only dance piece but there's also acting and theater included like but it was this um, uh, she's uh, she's an artist called uh, Chris of Enelian and she has this um, collective called Chekhov Machine which is doing like it started by really like breaking or digging into Chekhov's text and plays, but like only to play with the world mm -hmm. in them and maybe having some texts but quite a long monologues, for example, that the director put together from the text of Chekhov. And then there's like these, the pieces were like three hours long and we were the, on the stage whole time doing some choreography or mm. some uh, improvisation with the move structure that we've gotten. And I really love loved that. It's like meditation in those pieces, being on the stage like so for so long, and give uh, like having the intensity all the time and playing with your body in given structures. And in uh, in this school, we did this. Um, I was a performer in the one production called Boyer and there we uh, there was 15 performers and 15 participants in the audience and there was a class between and it was a, le a really slow kind of being present and um, connecting with the people on the other side of the class mm. and yeah I think I like working as a performer in those kind of settings where the theater 
is involved, but there's maybe not text. There I feel like home and it's really fascinating to me. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah, I like thinking about mm, actually almost any time I see a, a text based play. Yeah. I am struck by how much of the text doesn't need to be there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I I get it. I already understand that you've walked over there and you've sat down next to that person. Yeah. You don't also need to tell me. Yeah. But that's why choreography, right? Yeah. And do you make dances as well? Are you interested no. in them? Well, making them? as a chore choreographer. Well, or? I guess in the same way that you're making the music so that you can present it and perform it and share it so that it yeah. exists. I, I would love to. And when I was a child, I forced all my friends to do my choreography really? and every, every party that we had in school. They're probably probably really traumatized <laughs> by my Destiny's Child Christmas song choreography. <laughs> we also perform those in the opening of this huge uh, shopping center. So you <laughs> learned the choreography from the music video, or you no? Got the song I did it myself. The, yeah, I made the choreography, Which song? and then I forced my best friends to the gym class after oh, yeah. school. And I was really like the, the like the really dance captain. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they they had to perform my or with me. And were I, you were you out the front? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Was there lip syncing or anything to the song? No. Uh, I can't remember. It's How did you? Now. Like decide what steps to do. How did I decide? Yeah, like how did you choreograph? Well, I used to take take these show dance classes. Then yeah. that was what, like where my dancing uh, practice started. Yeah, I started in show dance, and then uh, I'm also like. Well, I don't know if I, you can cut it up if you want to, but I'm a European championship in competition cheerleading. Whoa. Yeah. And uh, all of my friends were also. So. Um, how, how, when was that? Uh, in when I was 13 to 18 years old. And is that? Um, like where do you go to do the competition? Uh, we were, for example, when we won the European Championships, it was in Moscow. And when we got, uh, were, were the third one in the women, uh, women, um, what is it called? Mm, category. Category, Division. yeah. Uh, it was in Oslo. Wow. 
and then they also went to Florida after I quit. Oh, you didn't want to go to Florida? I had to quit because I wanted to do my music. Okay. And we had like practices for five or six times a week, three hours. Well, that's why you won. Yeah. Yeah. But we were really good. And, but yeah, but I had to quit dancing when I joined the team. And that has been something that I've been like constantly being sad about. Like, why did I go there? But of course, it was amazing then, and we were really, really good, and our team was amazing. And it, Are there like videos just, on the internet? Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> but it's like the like the whole cheerleading thing. Mm. It has developed a lot, and the structure of the performances or the competition performance—it's like totally different nowadays. So what was the so the structure of the piece that you performed, yeah. or the structure of the competition? The structure of the piece. And so, what was the structure? What did it used to be? Uh, when when I was there, it uh, normally started when you with were a champion. Yeah, when we when I were a champion, <laughs> or when we were uh, the the structure was like we were doing like uh, it started with the like very high basket toss. Mm. Uh, um, throws. Was that you? Did you uh, get I, I was on the bottom. The base, yeah, yeah. Of the base. And uh, then some pyramid. And then the gymnastics or the like the acrobatics. Acrobatics. Yeah. And then um, there was this chanting chanting part that was compulsory. In Finnish? Uh, in English, we did it mm-hmm. back then. And uh, then some dance choreography, which is really like in the cheerleading tradition. We were quite feminine. Our choreographies were quite feminine and soft, but it's like really like army tight. Okay. And really like, um, like, uh sharp somehow not softness at all it's not in the aesthetics of the of this yeah it wouldn't mm, yeah and uh then it normally ended to this big and fancy pyramid yeah but nowadays there's uh they're starting with the chant, chant. Hmm. And then it's so much quicker. Everything is like ping, 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 and you, if you don't know the, like, the tradition, it's really like you need to learn how to look at it because there's so much going on, mm-hmm. and the groups are also bigger because now there can can be like, is it twenty six persons on the stage at the same time? And and when I was competing, it was twenty. Okay. This is interesting that you need to become literate so that you can watch it. Yeah. Because I feel the same way when I'm working with my brother and he works with machinery. Yeah. Is that there's a we can look at the same thing Mm. and see different things. Yeah. Um, And then I feel that way about 
when I go to an art show mm. as well. Like especially if there's not an event, if it's just things yeah. that are in the space. I don't. I still think I don't really know how to look at it. Mm. I'm still waiting for the show to happen. Yeah. <laughs> if it's a performance or if yeah. it's a dance or something. Um. And I just assume that that happens as well when people come and see dances that I make or mm. listen to this podcast and it goes for an hour instead of five minutes. Yeah. And it's a discussion instead of an edit. And yeah. That that is practice. Yeah. And then I think that maybe that's part of the work that art can do for society and for community mm. is to offer a, a chance to practice intimacy and empathy mm. and human. Somehow it's like when you see a nature documentary mm. and it's visually very beautiful, um, but also you can't smell all the things that they're yeah. there in the middle of and you didn't have to hike 10 hours to get there so you're not exhausted. And somehow art does this. It's like we present to you this very unappealing and needy side of like humanity <laughs> but in a way that's more charming yeah. <laughs> so that you can practice yeah the feeling of em empathizing with that person or with yeah and that's also like as a spectator yeah to how to learn to emphasize with yourself because um I've been thinking about a lot about how we tend to put art in the category of good piece or a bad piece. Mm. Instead, I think instead we should learn ourselves to look look at art Like realizing that it's always a subjective perspective where we are looking it from, and instead of like criticizing the art piece, like being good or bad, asking yourself like, what did I feel while watching it? What thought it? What thoughts were rising to my head? Or what emotions it awakened mm. me. That's just meditation, right? Yeah. But also like... Yeah. Because that's... I think that could help you to... Look at the piece also more tenderly. Not to be a critic, but be a participant mm. in watching the performance. And also like realizing like what 
what things are affecting in the way that I'm looking at this. Like, why did I get this out from this? Like, how did mm. how do I reflect it to myself and thoughts and things are that I uh, I'm going through at the moment or I have been going through before mm. or would like to go through? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I usually think about it in terms of perhaps the it's not for me. Yeah, if if it hasn't. Yeah. If it hasn't done something yeah. for me, then I assume that I'm the I'm not the audience for it. Yeah. Um, partly because of the literacy. Yeah. And then partly because of how maybe I'm far away from the concerns. Yeah. Um, but then I also wonder that there must be some responsibility onto the creator or onto the artwork because otherwise we wouldn't need it we could we could wonder what is the color of the sky doing to me and how am i feeling about it yeah yeah yeah, of course yeah and that's the kind of responsibility i try and put back onto myself when Mm. i'm making Mm. is that i have to do more than just be the background noise of life yeah i still have some agenda yeah of course uh but what is that agenda? <laughs> Do you have an agenda when you're making things that are, you know are going to be for an audience? Even if you're writing or if you're researching? Or... Well, I'm... That's a tough question. I often get a feedback if I'm working in a group of people that um, the way I show my vulnerability and and Um, feelings or emotions is encouraging for other people also to show their vulnerability and emotion and uh, that is probably something that I would love to bring also to the stage as a performer and maybe Well, I've been like super concerned about the climate change recently and I've been quite actively joining to the strikes. We have this uh, 
strike every Friday in the city or the what is it called in English? Eduskuntatalo. It's um like the main political house in Finland. Mm-hmm. So in front of that we've been having this once a week. Once a week, every wow. Friday, and it's uh, uh, there's this young Swedish girl called Greta Thunberg, who has been sitting in front of the city council in Sweden for first she striked from school three weeks, and now she's sitting there every Friday until the Swedish government decides to do some radical changes about their climate policy mm-hmm. so we're doing the same that we're sitting there in on fridays from 9 to 12 and if i will have some future agenda i would love to try to include my concern about the climate change and us and the world being a vulnerable piece of art. <laughs> so poetic. <laughs> so, um, I think we're sleeping. Mm. So I would love people to wake up a bit. That's my concern at the moment. I don't know how to do it. Hmm. So But getting there. Well, I guess you you find people mm. that you can share the conversations with. Yeah. Firstly. Yeah. But I think the thing about sleeping is that maybe we. I wonder if say how my dad still doesn't text message mm. he hasn't like that's not the generation he's from yeah and i wonder if our generation is still grappling and cannot comprehend these phenomena that are so large and that to try to comprehend them just leaves us in a state of feeling without agency mm. that we in the same way that my dad might feel about his mobile phone yeah it's like i it's it's this mysterious secret box yeah that won't do what i tell it yeah and now we're at that point where we've mastered the book or the phone or whatever it is but now we have this mysterious planetary weather system and it won't tell it won't do what we tell it yeah um 
something like that, that maybe our generation won't be able to solve it because we're just not, it's not native to us. Yeah. To be able to affect our agency on something that large or to be able to comprehend it in the first place. Yeah. But we need to try. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, yeah, to realize, like, that your own effort is also, uh, it's really important. But not very significant. What do you mean by that? That's it's like, it's important that you do it. Yeah. But it alone is not very significant in the world like your life is important but not yeah. very significant yeah yeah <laughs> but but i wonder if it if it will become one of these things that we have failed to solve for many many generations like the other day when we were speaking about alcoholism yeah it's not it's not a realization yeah it's like it's just something that somehow for generations, each generation has had to deal with it and had to experience the suffering mm. of it that it causes. And mm, I don't know if anything has changed about it or around it. Yeah. And how do you change something that's so dependent on the way that a culture raises people to engage with something yeah like if from environment to substances to love but is it like also in that sense that you cannot change you have to start from yourself, kind of, like... Yeah, you should like, become literate with love and you should yeah. understand how to, like, what inputs will achieve what outputs. Yeah. And then you should surrender a little bit to the helplessness. <laughs> Perhaps. And know that everything that you learn with one interaction could be irrelevant for the yeah. next interaction. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think maybe it's important to learn about what you can do for yourself, but I think that it's important that that's important maybe because it gives you the sense that you can do anything at all. But maybe it's not important because it will achieve something. Yeah. It's just important because it makes you feel like you have some agency. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, um, I remember in year 11, like in high school, doing uh, a, an English essay on three or four books and the joining the joining topic of all the books was eating disorders. Yeah. And it became apparent that the eating disorder almost always stems out of a feeling that you have no control over your life. Yeah. Uh, 
and this is one way to uh, exert control. And so I wonder mm. if that's all we're doing with meditation practice or something, mm. or with like yoga, or um, that we don't we don't have control. Somehow we have we can affect, but we cannot control the environment or mm. um, substance abuse or emotions or whatever. And so we we self-medicate through <laughs> through making art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then and then putting the focus into like the communities that we build around ourselves and the conversations that we can have and yeah. hoping that that ripples out. There might be a hint of a truth there playing, <laughs> but uh, I have to uh, like say about meditation for yeah. me. Yeah. That meditation for me is really trying to get rid of the control mm. because. Ah. Uh, I think I'm kind of like neurotic person in that sense that I'm always trying to keep like the situations like I feel really responsible about the situations where I'm in mm. like this one right now mm, I'm getting more relaxed <laughs> okay. but many times and the meditation has helped me also to not trying to control everything and just let it be and just let your thoughts be and just like not to criticize yourself all the time kind of or like criticize but being like so aware like what it, how how you're coping <laughs> in this planet <laughs> but also like art is or making art is a place where you are allowed to confront your emotions and like express your emotions and that's why it's so beautiful but also really scary if for example like we talked about earlier that i'm for example i am really good at like running away from my art and that's probably uh, attached to the thing that sometimes when you have been running away quite a lot it's also like being running away from yourself kind of mm. like how to deal with negative negative 
but like I don't want to use the word negative, so <laughs> I take that away <laughs> now and uh, change it to something else, which could be like. Strong or deep or somehow transforming emotions mm. that you should go through or should live them through or should let them out. Oh, who's that? Yeah, but. What about mm. the people that don't need to make art? What about... Like, are they just... Are they fine? Are they complete and they don't need to... dredge up and work through and... Like, do you think you could have been one of those people? I don't think I could have been one of those people. And... I think those people who find their medium for expressing themselves, those are very lucky people. Mm. Those who have the opportunity and um, the good luck or the um, for example by coincidence to like find their medium or way of expressing themselves and it doesn't have to be through art necessarily and there might be a question what is art anyway do you wonder about that or do you know I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Uh, I'm also like, well, I was in this uh, performance art philosophy course in the university in the early autumn. And uh, I'm reading quite a lot about gender studies. And I'm really interested about them. And the way they are structuring the questions like and also like when you're talking talking with people from another culture it's always occurs that how much the language that we thought with or think about with is affecting how we see the world mm. and by like Like in Finland, we have this saying, like, Finland is a free country. Like, you can be free in 
or do or think of whatever you want to. Mm-hmm. But it's fucking... It's not true. <laughs> like, look at, look at all the buildings. I see them. They're all the same. Well, they're structured. They're and the, Yeah, but the, like the... And everyone gets a home, right? Hmm? Everyone gets a home. Well, not everyone. But most of the people. But also like the rooms are square. And so if they would be round, would we think differently? If the street wouldn't be so straight, would we think think differently? Yeah, I think... Like, yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, some design, some designs like the city grid are breakthroughs, conceptual breakthroughs. Yeah. Because they provide a level of legibility that makes it easy to remember where you are. Yeah. But with legibility, like the cost of legibility is nuance. Yeah. And so this is always the balance yeah. of how do we grasp complexity mm. deeply and comprehensively enough that we can feel um, that not in control, but that we can feel that we are grounded. Yeah. Which is, yeah. But that's probably why philosophy studies are useful. Because it asks you to think about how you think and why you think. Yeah. What else else did you get from philosophy studies? Because I always thought about it, but it never seemed tangible enough. Dance was far more tangible. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I, for example, in high school, I found them really hard. Mm. I just like couldn't get into that way of thinking. And it was really hard course. And there was really a difficult subject. It's it's normal to study philosophy in high school? Uh, Yeah, we have to study two two courses of philosophy. Or at least when I went to high school, we had to. That's not in Australia. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. If we, I had yeah. if there wasn't a girl in my year nine class that offered me a, a fiction book to read called Sophie's World. Yeah, I've read it. Yeah. Then I never would have begun, like begun thinking about thinking. Yeah. It was just accidental. Yeah. That's a great book. <laughs> I tried to read it last year and I couldn't. It was too, like, too young. Yeah. I. It took six years for me to read it wow. I started in 2009 and ended 2015 well okay yeah it was a a gift or something somebody recommended yeah. it yeah yeah right or I took it from my uh, uncle's place and it's pretty yeah it's a nice introduction yeah yeah I think I must have been 15 years yeah. old Mm. It's a beautiful book, but yeah, uh, I uh, there's this uh, 
great choreographer, an artist called Sonia Lindfors, or and they had this performance in Baltic Circle also, mm-hmm. uh, which was called "We Should All Be Dreaming." Uh, with uh, this uh, activist that. called Marian, Mariam Abdulkarim, and uh, they have this practice in the performance that I also had done before in Sonia's class, where people are taking a comfortable position in the space. And then starting to ask questions that can be really utopic and you are are not allowed to answer them and there need to be a break between the questions. But for example... What is equality? Or how would the world look like or feel like if we didn't have word for race? For example, like just asking questions where you don't need to have answer answers, but like shaking up the way mm. we think or the way we are learned to think mm. about our world yeah and about humanity well this is why i like to use dancing because the question is interesting and it's i think more generative to answer it outside of words Mm. Um, and so i like having the question and then i like doing the dancing yeah there's also that's the beauty of sci-fi novels is that they they invent the world that is yeah. that has this one thing different yeah i should read them i've never been a big fan okay there's one that i can highly recommend called the lathe of heaven lathe of heaven a lathe is like this machine that yeah. you put a block of wood on and it spins and then you use tools to shape it like oh. you can make the wooden leg that's round or a table leg. Or oh, okay, yeah. <clears throat> um, but it's not a very good title. Anyway, it's a female author, I forget her name, maybe Ursula. But she she invents a character who his dreams become reality. Yeah. But he has no control over his dreams. Ah. Oh. And this is cool because it means every day when you wake up, there's a whole new world that you have to deal with. And everybody else doesn't realize, they think it's always been this way, but he has this disjunct between like where he used to live and now where he lives. And there is a, there is a day that he wakes up and there has never been race. 
yeah. it doesn't exist. Yeah. And then like the whole day unfolds with what the, the impacts of that, the outcomes of that. Yeah. That kind of stuff's cool. I, I need to read that one. Is it scary? It's n- no, I don't, I don't really go in for scary. Okay, good. I mean, it's <laughs> scary because you have to rethink what you thought you thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's also a little bit scary because you can still hold on to the idea of what would be a negative outcome. Yeah. Like it turns out in this book that the way that there has never been race is that everybody is the same, like grayish color. Oh. And there is no genetic difference between different cultures of people. Yeah. Um, so there still is nations and there still are cultures, but that have different foods and languages and stuff, yeah. but they've never had to genetically adapt to, to different environments. And so that's why everybody yeah. is genetically the same. But then he meets up with someone that he thinks he's falling in love with and really misses whatever it was yeah. about her that was defined by the genetic differences that they yeah. all shared. So I think it's, it's, I don't, yeah, I don't know the answer. I, I think maybe she wasn't trying to find the answer in a book. She was just proposing that there are problems. And if we wished that these problems never happened, then we might also be missing something. Yeah. And actually the problem is not the reality. The problem is how we're dealing with the reality. Yeah. Which I hope is why art is super powerful and science is super powerful because the problem is not that we need electricity. The problem is that we burn coal to get it. Actually, we could avoid the step of sun into dinosaur into underground oil and then into energy Mm. and we could just go sun into energy Yeah, and then fine. Yeah. And I, I hope that we can do that with art. Yeah. We can say the problem is not that you have emotions and feelings and desires. Yeah. The problem is when you think that somebody else should have to deal with that or yeah, or how they should have to deal with that. Or, yeah. Or if you, yeah, like you were saying about practicing being with yourself, like if you've never had the environment where you can have had to feel heartbreak or whatever and mm. then you hear the song yeah. whatever that song is that, yeah that vibrates you so that it makes you upset and you've got then like there's a practice yeah mm. yeah do you think that's why usually at the end of these things i ask why why bother? Why put all the effort in to making work instead of just like making money and having nice things? <laughs> well, I just talked about this with my friend yesterday who had quit his job and started to do his a doctoral degree in the university and he was saying that even though his income were like almost cut in half 
he can read whatever books he wants to read and he can use his time in the things that he's interested in. Mm. Yeah. And even though I I've been living under the like the Finnish decree of being poor like the whole my adult whole time of my adulthood I've never felt myself poor because mm. I get to do things that I love to do and I think that's more important than if I needed to choose money or singing mm. or money or dancing I would choose singing and dancing Like just to have enough money yeah to not be hungry and have a home where i can feel safe i think those are the, like the most precious value in my life yeah we're very lucky yeah that while we're in here having this conversation somebody else is growing food yeah and then somebody else is driving it on a truck Yeah. And then somebody else would put in the shop. Yeah. <laughs> That's I I appreciate. Yeah. That we are living in that time. Yeah. And also all the other people, like the people who in invented the GPS that drives the like leads the truck to the shop. Yeah. That they got the chance to bother about thinking about putting satellites in space yeah. <laughs> because they didn't have to farm. Somebody else was farming for them. Yeah. Hmm. And maybe that's also then not our like yes, our privilege and our luck, but also our responsibility to thank all of these efforts of all of these other people yeah. through doing good work. Yeah. And also like those works that are for example nurse or mm. a doctor or the teacher in kindergarten or in school. I think those are the most important uh work that you can do mm. and we should really appreciate them more also in the like the from the government yeah or even from the artists somehow you make yeah. when you make things you think that you hope that you're making things for these people yeah N not maybe um creatively or thematically or yeah. in its construct but in the idea that they are busy doing this work yeah. and they haven't got time to write their own songs and yeah. so you write the songs yeah. so they can listen to them in the theatre yeah. on the way to the surgery or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, I'm just aware of time. Yeah. It's 5 to 12. Ooh! You have to go, right? Yeah, <laughs> I need to be in my... Uh, in 20 minutes in the university. Wow! Time flies. I thought it was maybe hour, an hour. Cool. cool. Is there um one one question I really like? We might be able to finish on. Is there something yeah. that you try to keep in mind when you're making something that's easy to forget that you try not to forget when you're 
like organizing people or when you're researching something or when you're making music. I guess like an epiphany, some kind of <laughs> wisdom or breakthrough. Can you ask that again? I guess it's like what what do you try to keep in mind? What do you try to remember when you're making? Like I try to remember that it is stressful and I want the thing that happens to be amazing. Um, but I, but, but the thing will last a week mm. and the people that I, I will work with these people for months and then I will also live with these people mm. for years after. Mm. And that I, I try and remember that that's the actual work. Yeah. And that when somebody asks me like at the shop and I'm getting my like if I get in a taxi and then the taxi driver asks what I do, yeah, it's actually my job to um, be a decent enough person to share with them what I do, yeah, a and own up to the fact that I have been making a dance, yeah, and that it will premiere next week and you can come and see it and you're welcome, yeah. Um, and so I try and remember that this is like getting into the studio is another, just one step in the like 5,000 steps of living Yeah. <laughs> in the day. I try to keep in mind that For example, while writing a song, that it's a process that doesn't need to be finished at once, and also that I'm I don't need to survive on my own. Mm that I can always ask help from somebody else and I can always let other people to like like what I love about cooperation with other another artist is that like I feel it's getting more power powerful where when there's also someone else's voice in the piece and by voice I mean like it can be one thought or the guitar or like that that the art is about communication.